0: Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I'm doing an extra solo episode this week because I just feel very inspired to share this incredible story with you. (laughs) It's not really an incredible story, but this week I felt overwhelmed for the first time I've felt overwhelmed in a long time. And when I do feel overwhelmed, it's normally quite brief, and I have... I've got much, much better at managing my mind. And I actually, it was interesting feeling that because I was like, genuinely not felt like this for such a long time. And it's a really horrible feeling. And I felt like this week reminded me of how a lot of people feel when they start coaching or in many areas of life. But I'm thinking more when people sign up to commit to six, for example. So i'll tell you about my overwhelm first (laughs) so my overwhelm was business related we are moving all of our guess like back end systems to a new server and anything like this takes a big initial investment in time money effort and it will make things better long term but actually in the short term it makes things a bit harder But it's so easy to put these things off. So like the prime example that's probably just relatable to everyone is how many marketing emails do you get every day that you never open and that kind of annoy you? Like they give you just a little bit of "Mm, piss off, like I thought that was going to be another email and it's actually something that's completely unimportant. And instead of going into it and clicking unsubscribe, meaning that never in your life will you have to delete those emails again. Never will you have that slight annoyance. No, no, you don't do that, you just delete it. Every single time you just delete it because it's actually easier in the moment to just delete it than it is to go in, to click unsubscribe and to confirm your unsubscription or whatever it is. Basically, it's a good example of the immediate reward or just the laziness that we all just sort of fall for. Even though we know that long term, we would be grateful that we took the extra five seconds to go in, unsubscribe, and then we'd never get the email again. So, yes, if you feel triggered by this or like that resonates with you, I would suggest to unsubscribe. Not from my emails, which, by the way, are very infrequent. So it's not like I'm annoying you every single day. So don't unsubscribe from mine, please, and thank you. Anyway, oh, and a tip that I got from marketing genius Sophia, which is who I'm working with to move all these systems over, is you shouldn't really be emailing people more than once a week. So, you know, if you're annoying people a lot, maybe just think about that. Anyway, she could tell I was feeling just like just a tiny bit overwhelmed, just a little bit like a, just a little bit overwhelmed. And one simple voice note of just a little bit of reassurance, like don't stress. This is totally normal. This is what happens when we do new things. We implement new things, but you have me to support you and you're not alone doing this. And interestingly, it was almost word for word what I would say to a client who's feeling overwhelmed. And it it was like night and day. I was like, oh, okay, right, this is fine. And it just made me realise how reassuring reassurance is. And that the cure to overwhelm is often just simply a little bit of reassurance. And sometimes you don't need to do anything or to change anything and i think that's often like the knee jerk reaction like i feel overwhelmed i need to do something to either stop this feeling or to action something and actually sometimes you just need a little bit of reassurance so for example i always get one or two messages at the start of commit six you might be listening to this and thinking are you talking about me and and yeah maybe i am right and It would just be a message saying, oh, this is a bit too much, I don't really understand what's going on, I feel a little bit overwhelmed, and um, I don't think this is for me. And when I'm like, okay, what are you struggling with, let's talk through it. Oh, I'm not sure what what protein is, or where I would get it, or I tried to download the app, but for some reason I, I couldn't figure out where it was. And all of them, in isolation, are really like simple things. But all of them stacked up together can kind of push you into overwhelm. So, for example, the reason I felt really overwhelmed was because I couldn't find where this list was because it wasn't that intuitive on the site. And I was just like, that, like that. It was just this tiny little thing. I was like, I can't find where it is. And that just like was the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, I'm saying like it was like this huge deal. It totally wasn't. But anyway, sometimes it can just be something little that pushes you into that feeling of overwhelm or it might be two weeks in so we're two weeks into commit six now and maybe you've not got results yet and usually what people mean when they say i've not got results yet is i can't see anything yet and then what am i doing wrong and the truth is depending on where you start two weeks is a very short period of time to see any results whether you're seeing them on the scales or seeing them in the mirror or Another thing that came up actually was I'm not noticing any results from creatine. And this is maybe a good point to make. Well, do I want to talk about creatine? Anyway, okay, well, I've started now. But basically you won't see massive results from taking creatine and you certainly won't see them like a week later. It's probably going to take you at least sort of two to three to four weeks to saturate your stores. And then the the difference between it's supplementing creatine and not isn't like night and day like you might not really see a huge amount I definitely feel like I'm a bit stronger but equally I don't really have anything to compare that to because life changes so many things in your life change like maybe I'm just sleeping better maybe I'm fueling myself a bit better I've massively reduced my training volume so maybe that's actually a benefit and I'm recovering better from that Like, there could be so many things. Um, I'm not really sure why I started talking about that now. Oh, yeah, okay. So some some people won't see results in two weeks. And there could be so many reasons for that. But, like, two reasons that are frequent... I can't really speak very well today. (laughs) Two reasons that come up a lot is that, one, you simply don't have that much to lose. And I see this all the time. Like, don't get annoyed that someone who has a hundred pounds of fat to lose lost five pounds in the first two weeks and you only lost one but you only have five pounds of fat to lose like you have to be rational and logical about these things and again this is like focusing on the scale weight it will fluctuate and it could be as simple as it's the week before your cycle and although you have lost body fat You've also retained a bit of water because of hormonal fluctuations, which means that the scales haven't dropped, despite the fact you've lost body fat. Again, the scales do not measure fat loss, but they are a good predictor over time. So, when I felt overwhelmed this week, my knee jerk reaction, which is interesting to reflect on, was I can't find this damn list thing. I'm just going to move everything back to MailChimp. Like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And the comparison here for dieting is this happens to a lot of people or this this is a bit confusing or there's quite a lot to learn about this. I'm just going to go back to over restriction. I'm going to go back to a meal plan. I'm just going to go back to essentially you're going back to comfort. Back to what you think was working for you except that it wasn't working for you. It was unenjoyable. It was over restrictive and the results were short lived. But change is a bit scary. It's a bit overwhelming. So there's always that temptation to go back. And same for me, I'm like, oh yeah, MailChimp works, but it it's not as good. Like the, the service for clients isn't as good. So there is that need, like there is a need to change. Sure, it works. Sure, I'm sure your meal plan works as well, but it's not optimal and it's not enjoyable. So going back to your old method of dieting or going back to MailChimp, <laughs> is like opting for the immediate reward or the comfort or the safety of that not the long-term reward which is a little bit scary because it requires change it requires effort and it requires potentially moving a little bit outside of your comfort zone and potentially feeling a bit of overwhelm i don't think that's a feeling that we should actively try to avoid it's probably a really good sign of growth another example of choosing the immediate comfort over long term what you really know is best for you is working on your relationship with food because that often means putting fat loss to the side for a period of time sometimes it might even mean gaining weight for a period of time but long term the results are incredible because doing that work means that long time long long time (laughs) long term and long time you're not obsessing over food anymore you're not missing social occasions because you're worried about calories 90% of your brain power isn't taken up with worrying that you've eaten 10 too many calories or how many calories are in your dinner the way that you mentally approach a diet is so so important and in fact okay no going on another (laughs) going on another side topic here right that podcast is coming shortly the mental approach to dieting but I want to keep on point for this so my point here is that the cure for overwhelm is really often just reassurance as soon as i say to a client who's overwhelmed it's fine trust me i am here to support you you are not alone in this i want the absolute best for you and we can absolutely do this together that's often all you need that's it like there doesn't need to be any actions in place it's just that feeling of support and knowing that like I know what I'm doing, and I'm here to get the best results for you. And as soon as Sophia said that to me, I was like, oh, okay, we're good, it's fine. And I think that it was just such a good reminder to me of the importance of just a little bit of reassurance, like a one minute voice note, so reassuring. And I always really like getting reminders like that and putting myself in like a, an almost like being coached position or the shoe is on the other foot. Because it's just such a good, again, (laughs) reminder of how important offering reassurance is as a coach or as a mentor. Because sometimes, as a coach, I think that, or in mentoring, like there's almost a need to action something. Like that comes from the coach sometimes as well. Like, oh, I need to give some kind of value here. And often, actually, the most value you can give is just simply, oh, no, you're doing it all right. Like, don't overcomplicate things, don't worry. Don't stress about these things, actually. Like, let's focus on these basics. And we wouldn't have expected results yet. There's nothing that needs to change. You're on track already, but it's just that reassurance that's needed. And I think that's often what's missing when people try to do these things on their own. Like, you're stuck in this overwhelm on your own. Sometimes, oh, maybe one of the cures to overwhelm is sharing that. Like, if you're overwhelmed with someone, It feels very different than being overwhelmed on your own. When you're like, no, I'm in this with you. Like, I'm here to support you. I'm your coach. I'm on your team. I'm backing you. You're not overwhelmed on your own. Like, we share this. I think that's so, so useful. And I guess the fact that I'd not felt that for a long-ish period of time, I think that's really common. Like, I think most adults don't feel that don't feel overwhelmed very often because they're not that used to doing something new, which is why when you do feel overwhelmed, you're like, oh God, I don't, like I'm not used to feeling like this anymore. I'm not really sure what to do with this feeling, which kind of just makes things worse. And I think often as adults, we like take this approach of like, well, if I don't know it by now, I don't really want to learn something new. Kind of like old people with technology just I know that's that is very ageist, but there is a trend for that. Like my mum doesn't really wanna learn it. She's like, show can you just do this? And I'm like, Oh, it's, th- it's this simple, you can just no like I don't really wanna know. Just just do this. So, mm, well. I feel bad saying that now. It's some people with technology. Let's just put it out like that. My point is that as an adult, there is seems to be this reluctance to learning new things. And another important thing about overwhelm or not feeling overwhelmed or not wallowing in overwhelm, like I said, I don't think it's a feeling we should try to avoid, but obviously if you're continuously feeling overwhelmed, that's not a good thing. Much like stress, like feeling stressed is normal. In fact, being under stress can produce the best performance, but being chronically stressed, not great. Same with overwhelm. Like I think Periods of overwhelm aren't necessarily bad, but chronically being overwhelmed, not a nice place to be. And so much of that comes down to self confidence and knowing that you'll figure it out. And the way that you develop that is kind of looking back over your life and like, okay, well, I always figure it out. Like, I always get it done. Whenever I'm overwhelmed, I look back and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, but I felt overwhelmed last time we launched commit to six and do you know what I got it done like I always get the stuff done trusting in yourself that you will always make it work and often just taking a breath getting a bit of perspective and then trying again and I remember learning to drive and thinking this is impossible and honestly the only reason I kept going was because I looked at other people and I was like they can learn to drive, like that person can learn to drive, like everyone, not everyone, but the vast majority of people can drive. So if they can do it, I can absolutely do it. Now look around you, if you're on Commit to Six, other people are getting results, if they can do it, you can absolutely do it. I'm not saying it's equal for everyone, definitely not saying that. But it's not that you can't do it, it's not an, an ability problem. Some people might need more support than others. But you absolutely can do it. And much like driving, it will get easier. So you might be in this overwhelmed state at the moment. You might be thinking, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm getting results yet. I'm not sure what's working for me yet. And that's totally normal. You have to work through that because the only way through that is through. (laughs) The only way beyond that is through. Also, can we just appreciate how good that TH sound was? through. Didn't even have to think about that. I did have to think about that though. My natural tendency would say would be to say, you have to go through that and you have to think about that. <laughs> but I managed to get that TH in there. I'm just really proud of myself, so I thought I'd just draw attention to that. And Lewis, if you're listening, uh, I really hope that you're proud of me as well. Back to my driving analogy. When you first start driving, you have to think about everything in so much detail. You're like mirror, mirror, signal, manoeuvre. Like, oh, every every time I turn a corner, I need to remember to indicate. Every time I change a gear, I'm like, oh, what gear am I changing it to? Where is that on the little joystick thing? Gear stick, joystick, whatever. You, you're so focused on doing everything. You have to think about every single action. And now, when you drive, assuming you're not currently learning to drive, you're not like, mm, I've got to go from first to second gear. Like, you just do it. You don't have to think about it. It's just like, it's natural. That will happen with anything that you're working hard towards. It will become so, so, so much easier. But here is the thing with new things. You have to start somewhere and nobody starts competent. If you're looking at someone who's so competent and you're almost like, oh, I did not even want to start because look how good they are at that. I'm like, yeah, because they started before you. That's it. That's the secret. Look at someone who is incredible at doing press-ups because they've practised more than you, because they started before you. Like, that is it. Was I born with nutrition knowledge? No. Like, when you logically think about things, like, you look at, I don't know, I'm not saying that anyone's going to turn into a professional athlete here, but even if you look at that level, you're like, yeah, they didn't start that good there's natural talent but there's not natural talent without a lot of practice. You don't get good at something without practice and everyone starts not good at something. It's going to say from zero but I don't think that's totally true. I've kind of, I've gone too far with this analogy. Basically, <laughs> nobody starts competent and you have to start somewhere. And I think this is really a good point to make about going to the gym as well. I think people are put off by going to the gym because everyone else knows what they're doing. They only know what they're doing because they've been doing it, like they, they started where you are. We all start in the same place. We all start in the gym not knowing where the dumbbells are and not knowing what to do with them. It's just other people started that a couple of years ago and you're starting it now. And it doesn't really matter when you start. But you have to work past that discomfort stage if you want to get good at something. And there are some things that... Maybe you don't want to get good at, and you can outsource, but learning about how to eat and how to take care of your body and your health isn't something you can outsource. It will always be your responsibility. And it's worth learning about because you will lo- you will use it for life. It's not like learning to use something that you're never going to use again. I, I remember talking to Emil about this, actually. Again, a little bit of a tangent, but we were talking about investments and I was like, I'm just going to get a financial advisor and I'm just going to let them sort everything out and I'm just not going to think about it. And he made an annoyingly good point, which was one, no one's going to look after your money better than you, much like no one's going to look after your health better than you are. And two, you will have to do this for the rest of your life. So, I mean, slightly different with the financial advisor because you're also paying them a cut so if they're always taking, say, 1%, you'll always have to make... You'd have to hope that they're making you 1% more via their knowledge. Anyway, this is going maybe too far that direction. But the point is, you will have to do that for the rest of your life, so you may as well freaking learn about it. And that means paying for courses. <laughs> paying for courses. like investing in a mentor. It's Maybe it's a good analogy for... The difference between meal plans and coaching. Like a financial advisor is like a meal plan because you give all control to them and you don't really understand what's going on and you don't really care what they're doing. You just stick to it, just do what they say and you'll get results. Whereas coaching is like being taught how to manage your own finances so that you have those skills for life. Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's a great analogy. Maybe I'll work on that. And maybe I'll stop here before I go on many more tangents. I did want this to be a ten minute episode. It's actually now twenty one minutes, so I will wrap up here. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it. If you haven't reviewed the podcast, please please review the podcast and rate it as well. I've noticed that a few many a few more people have, and I'm so excited by that like it it's so so nice one to read them and two it's just really, really helpful for the podcast because that's how iTunes works, really. It will suggest more podcasts if more people review and rate highly. So I would massively appreciate that. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day without much overwhelm. But if you are feeling overwhelmed and you are a client of mine, one, reach out to me, and two, we are in this together. So you are not alone.